Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, December 11th, 2018, and I'm your host, Ariel Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Great news, Mercury has gone direct, finally. And tonight, we are pleased to welcome Peggy Black back to our show. She's a transducer, scribe and witness, author and lecturer with over 40 years experience in the healing field. Peggy is a multidimensional channel whose gifts as a clairsentient, clairvoyant and clairaudient intuitive allow her to assist individuals to live empowered, abundant lives. Peggy receives transmissions from her celestial team, which she calls the morning messages. These free messages invite others to honor their multidimensional self. There are over 40,000 global subscribers who have received these free messages. Peggy hosts a monthly support group called Miracles and Intentions, and she also offers classes and webinars on allowing prosperity, sculpting reality with sound, power of your words and intentions, engaging celestial support, becoming a conscious alchemist, and alchemist tools. As a spiritual synergist, she conducts ceremonies of transformation worldwide. Arabia, England, Ireland, Egypt, Japan, and and St. Lucia are just a few of the sacred sites where ceremonies have been performed using the power of sound and the holiness of water. Peggy presented at Women of Vision, Healing Our World, World Sound Healing, World Congress of Illumination, and also she was ceremonialist for the Sacred Water Ceremony, Ocean of Gratitude Cruise with Dr. Masaro Emoto. And you can check out her websites, which are PeggyBlack.com and MorningMessages.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we would like to thank Kathy and Fiona for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment for our guest. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, just click follow on our page here and you'll get our weekly show notice if you have these uh, notifications enabled. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. And if you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when it happens by requesting your solar return timing. And please remember, if you want that chart interpreted, um, you're going to need to order it about three months before your birthday because we do have a waiting list. So first up tonight, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her fascinating Starseed News. Hey, Anastasia. Hey there, Ariel. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Great to be with you. Got lots of news tonight. 
going to start out with our space studies and our science section. And in that category, NASA has news for us. NASA's OSIRIS-REx spacecraft has found signs of water on an asteroid they call Bennu. It just arrived on that asteroid December 3rd, and over the next year, the team will search for the perfect spot on the asteroid to grab a handful of dust and bring it back to Earth. OSIRIS-REx's onboard spectrometers measure the chemical signatures of various minerals based on the wavelengths of light they emit and absorb. The instruments are able to see signs of hydrated minerals, waterized minerals, on the surface of this asteroid. And they say that it's all over the asteroid's surface. They say the minerals they found can only form in the presence of liquid water, and they suggest that this asteroid had a hydrothermal system in its past. Wow. Hmm. It's also covered in more boulders and craters than they ever expected. Um, It is a very fascinating study for them. They're going to be on that asteroid digging away, collecting samples, and sending it back. Can you imagine, guys, we have a spacecraft riding on an asteroid? I mean, like, (laughs) is that something out of a sci-fi movie? Come on, really? That is amazing. And catch this. You know, the ancient shamans taught that life in the dirt, life underneath the earth, was intelligent and vast and full of consciousness. Well, guess what science found? They're telling us now from the Deep Carbon Observatory that life in the deep earth holds 23 billion tons of carbon, hundreds of times more carbon than in human beings on the surface. They are calling the deep earth the the Galapagos of the deep. Um, And they say that they are trying to find out and add more to their knowledge base of what's known, unknown, and unknowable about what they call Earth's most pristine ecosystem. There are bacteria, archaea, and other microbes, some of them zombie microbes, that exist in the deepest known subsurface. They say they're much weirder than the surface counterparts of viruses, germs, bacteria, etc., They tell us that 70% of Earth's bacteria live underground, and Earth's deep life suggests that microbes might inhabit, catch this, the subsurface of other planets. Now, these zombie bacteria are what they call barely living. There are other forms of life that constitute an immense amount of carbon deep within the Earth's subsurface. It says about um, nearly 400 times more carbon than the carbon mass of all humans on the planet. Now, on the eve of the American Geophysical Union's meeting, scientists with the Deep Carbon Observatory reported several transformational discoveries from their digging, including how much and what kinds of life exists deep under the Earth and under extreme temperatures with low nutrients and uh, low energy availability. These, These critters are living on what practically nothing, Uh, not too many years ago, it could not have been imagined that there was this much life way down deep. What are they going to eat? How do they exist? Well, they found out that the deep biosphere constitutes a world that can be viewed as sort of a subterranean mystery. 
and includes uh, members of all domains of life in the bacteria, virus, eucaris uh, categories. Um, they say that they're calling this uh, microbial dark matter, and they say that they're getting uh, great expansion of their knowledge of the tree of life on Earth. They say about 70% of Earth's bacteria live in this deep underground area. Um, they say that the genetic uh, diversity of life before the, below the surface is comparable or even exceeds the diversity of life above the surface. It, just think about that. We're talking about living things, however small, and systems of, you know, little social systems and consciousness and a whole world that's been mysterious to us up until now and still is mysterious. So wow. fascinating that they are digging and discovering all this. I mean, if you really think about it, get into this expansive state of mind. It's it's awesome. You know, human beings were just so egocentric. We just tend to think that we are the only important, really, really, really important life forms on the planet. And then maybe we think our dogs are important and our cats and horses and whatever, you know, our our favorite things. And then lastly, we might think about wildlife or maybe fish or salmon or trout or whatever. But consciousness in life is not just about that. Um, so many types of living life forms on this planet hidden from our eyes. Just connecting to that and the idea of unity and oneness is, wow. And all of this took billions, billions and billions of years to come into being, according to science. Well, look... Moving from the natural to the unnatural, from the uh, uh, biological to the artificial. Check this out. They are now. They have now learned to use a virus to speed up modern computers. This is a groundbreaking study, and researchers have successfully developed a method that could lead to unprecedented advances in computer speed and efficiency. And through this study, researchers have successfully developed a biological template, a method to engineer a better type of memory using a virus. Now, the study explains that a key way in which faster computers can be achieved is through the reduction of the millisecond time delays that usually come from the transfer and storage of information between your traditional random access memory chip, the RAM chip, and the hard drive. These two things pass memory and data back and forth, but there's a millisecond time delay. Well, this is where phase change memory comes into play. Phase change memory. Phase change memory can be as fast as a RAM chip and can contain even more storage capacity than a hard drive. Now, this memory technology uses a material that can reversibly switch between amorphous and crystalline states. Now, we're talking about changing states. When we think about quantum physics, is it a particle or is it a wave? It's both. Now, we are looking at amorphous and crystalline states. Could say those are kind of opposite things. One has very definitive shape and one has no shape and yet they have developed a material that switches between these two states 
Now, up until now, uh, they kind of knew about this, but they couldn't. They had some obstacles they couldn't overcome. But this research team has found a way to overcome that roadblock using what they call tiny wire technology. You want to know how they make the wires? Of course you do. At least I did, and here <laughs> it is. They use the M13 bacteriophage. It's a kind of virus. With a low-temperature construction of tiny germanium tin oxide wires, and they use those wires to create memory. This possibility leads the way to the elimination of the millisecond storage and transfer delays needed to progress modern computing. It might be that the lightning uh, quick supercomputers of tomorrow are, will be here much sooner than we think because of what they've discovered. Now, you know, this is also technically complex. Um, I even debated about reporting on it because you're all going, huh, huh, huh. <laughs> Sometimes you have, you have to read these articles a few times, but I know some of our listeners are going to get this. But I think what I want you to take away from this is that they're using uh, a carbon-based uh, life form to create a connection to AI. And it is speeding up uh creating, you know, we've, we've talked about quantum computing on the show before. They're not calling this quantum computing, but I don't know what else it could be. Anyway, this is all breakthrough stuff, and it, it just it blows the mind, guys. Well, from AI to <laughs> abuse of AI, here's something for you. Uh, the emotions of workers in China are being data mined directly from their brains through sensory helmets, you know, hats on their heads, right? Oh, my. China is deploying emotional surveillance technology, I kid you not, that mines data from the minds of its citizens. They're reading their brains. The lightweight sensory helmets have been rolled out on an industrial scale. They're doing it. And the mind, data mining, and emotional surveillance programs are similar to trends in our country to monitor and probe the mental health of our citizens through facial recognition. Anyway, this past spring, you remember that Facebook got in hot water over that data leak, which a lot of people felt was a major privacy violation, which it certainly was. But while all this was happening, China was taking their data mining to the next level, Around this time, China quietly reported that its government uh, is openly fishing data from workers' minds. It makes Facebook look innocent in comparison. According to the South Morning China Post, they say that, quote, the workers wear caps to monitor their brainwaves, data that management then uses to adjust the pace of production, end quote. All over China the large-scale application of brain surveillance devices to monitor people's emotions and other mental activities in the workplace are underway as government-sponsored projects. Now, these wireless sensors are concealed under a normal uniform hat and constantly monitor brain waves while sending the data back into the main computers that use AI algorithms to detect any unpleasant emotional spikes. For example, depression, anxiety, anger, and who knows what else. And China is also using their facial recognition to tag their jaywalkers. 
Now, variations of this tech are here in the U.S. are coming soon. Google already has patents with ready-made plans for surveillance in the new smart home, dumb idea, uh, that will surveil even your children's bedrooms. There are apps intended for the United States that monitor, monitor mental health behavior in patients. Sounds like fun. And facial recognition cameras were recently rolled out in a New York school district. Uh, the company making the tech is offering it to a county for free because they say it's for the safety of the children. How generous of them. With only one or two cautions, this kind of really <laughs> gets me, a Psychology Today report extols and praises the virtues of the future of mental health facial tracking, or rather AI truth tracking, and calls it, quote, the end of hiding, as though privacy itself holds a criminal intent. Now, we've always known that faces convey information to others outside of us, but now ever-present electronic eyes are watching us, untired, unwary, tra uh, having been trained to spot every slight micro-expression. Every micro-expression. That's what they do. And as these machines advance in their learning, step by step we have a choice. Do we trade off our privacy or do we trade off our privacy and clearly there's <laughs> potential for abuse in fact there's no potential it's just plain abusive now a professor of management to to psychology i'm sorry at beijing normal unit <laughs> that's the irony just keeps slapping me in the face beijing normal university acknowledges that the chinese brain mining technology would give a competitive edge to those who deploy it However, he seems to be the only one quoted in the report who po pointed out the obvious Orwellian 1984 thing going on here. He says there is no law or regulation to limit the use of this kind of equipment in China. The employer may have a strong incentive to use the technology for higher profit, and the employees are usually too weak in a position, not in a position to say no. So that's scary. <laughs> I'd like to know who out there is in a position to start saying no. Okay. Yeah, it's, I mean it's it's um it's very sobering. It's just sobering. This is coming ahead whether we want it or not. Coming up next uh, in the not too distant future, I do believe they are working towards uh, a non-currency economy. So that would probably mean a chip. All right, well, let's, uh, let's talk about something happy. Let's talk about nature, even though nature can, you know, have problems. I'm going to talk about some of that, but nature is always a beautiful thing. And Tanzania's Old Dolgenyo Lenghai volcano is showing signs of eruption. People are leaving the area. The locals call it the Mountain of God. It's the only known active volcano with a type of lava that can move faster than a person. You can't run from it. And oh, it's now threatening near, nearby villages and three major archaeological sites uh, studying early human development. I'd never heard of this volcano before, Old Lingai volcano in Tanzania. And uh, you all heard of, uh, about the uh, snowstorm that struck the U.S. south, of course. Um, hundreds of thousands of people were without power the last weekend. Snow, sleet, and freezing rain battered states from Georgia to West Virginia, 
it was blamed for at least three deaths in North Carolina, and they did declare a state of emergency. And uh, we had it. This is, uh, you need to pay attention to this. A magnitude 7.3 earthquake struck near Antarctica. Uh, the USGS reported a magnitude 7.3 struck near Bristol Island, South Sandwich Islands, uh, just today. So pay attention to that. I think it was today. And in Mexico, uh, the Popocatapetl volcano and the eruption of the uh, Papua New Guinea's Mannam volcano are underway. So that's three going on. I know there's dozens of volcanoes going off any time, any given time. And strange sounds are back in the skies. They've been heard in uh, southeastern Pennsylvania. Weird sounds heard in the skies over Sweden. And strange sounds have been reported in the skies of Malaysia. So that's uh, picking up again. And in Siberia, they've had the coldest cold, extreme cold, uh, maybe ever recorded. They say that uh, in, um, let's see, the uh, Balkai region, it's been uh, nearly 48 degrees below zero. So, real cold. And in Kenya, uh, the national government and humanitarian agencies are appealing for help to hasten relief efforts for at least 250,000 people facing starvation after a devastating locust invasion. A locust swarm invaded Turkana in June. That was six months ago. It decimated uh, thousands of acres of crops and vegetation. And now, six months later, there is a severe food shortage. They say that um, people are struggling for food. Um, They have deployed troops uh, to surround these areas, trying to control uh, the riots because people are even trying to attack uh, herds of animals because they're competing for resources. So a very volatile situation there. Um, I have a quote for you from Buddha, all of you. He said, teach this triple truth to all, a generous heart, kind speech, and a life of service and compassion are the things which renew humanity. A generous heart, kind speech, and a life of service and compassion are the things which renew humanity. And we know that's true. That's what makes each one of us feel renewed. Someone's kind and says kind things and does kind things. It keeps us going. So from my heart to each one of you, much love and have a beautiful week, everybody. We'll talk again next week. Okay, Anastasia, thanks so much um, for bringing us the Starseed News. And, uh, yeah, we will be back next week. And while I'm thinking about it, uh, next week will be Gloria Amendola um, bringing Mary Magdalene. It's our Christmas show. So, And then after that we'll be off for two weeks. So I just wanted to put that in there <laughs> before we get too farther, much farther we, in the show. We must, must be sure not to miss next week. That's going to be great. Oh, yeah, yeah, the next Christmas week is going to be uh, yeah. uh, very good. Perfect. So can get any better now. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. That's right. So thanks, Anastasia. Uh-huh. Okay, bye-bye. So now I'm going to get Lavendar's mic open and Peggy's mic open. All right. Hi, Peggy. Welcome to Starseed <laughs> Radio Academy. 
Thank you. I'm I'm, uh, I'm delighted to be to be um, to be on this program again. Well, we just really really like you, and you have such a wealth of of things to offer people and teach people that we can't fit that all in one show. So we're glad that you're back, and uh, Lavendar is going to start it off for us. So Lavendar, are you ready to go? I'm here. Okay, take it away. Okay. Well, Peggy, I'm so happy that you're our guest tonight. And what is it that you would like to share with us, first of all? I know well, you've got a special message for us, so what is it? T- tonight I'd like to uh, to share uh, what I call alchemist tools. Okay. And if we stop and realize each one of us, each one of us is a divine multidimensional being. And in a physical body, and when we're in our body aware of who we are, we actually are alchemists because we transform energy through our physical body in this dimension. And so the process of alchemist tools is many of them we use and are aware of, but there's many of these that are available that that we can begin to access and use more productively. So I'm excited to share all the possibilities. Okay, so tell us how, how we should do this. Well, first of all, share some information. And um, and one of the, the, the most, probably the tool that I feel, the alchemist tool that we all use is sound and sound vibration. Because we speak, we talk, we sing, we chant. So it's a common part of who we are. And and just that using just that particular alchemist tool, we really can transform our reality. And we do. One of the, the key things that I think is has always stayed with me is the word abracadabra. And we know that from Disney and some of the, the other presentations. But abracadabra in Aramaic means I create as I speak. And I love that. I create as I speak. So what what better tool for an alchemist to be creating as they speak? What do you tell your your reality? You know, because we exist actually in a sea of sound. We're living in a sonic environment. And if we think about it, our entire planet vibrates to rhythms and sounds. So sound is everywhere. And so Peggy, let me ask you a question. I think you and I are, are pro- uh, probably around the same age. I, I grew up in the 50s and 60s with, with music, and then all of a sudden music changed. And when we were growing up, the music was of a different um, quality. And then all of a sudden it turned into some kind of hard rock, screeching energies. Did you did you notice when, when the vibrations started changing with music? Absolutely. And also you can notice uh, there was a lot more chaos that began to occur. Yes. And uh, uh, the team I work with, the celestial team I work with, um, equates, um, you know, like heavy metal music uh, the vibration of heavy metal music is chaotic. And so 
the the whole goal is to, for all of us to recognize is how we are influenced by the sounds around us. That's a very key important question to always keep in mind. But how how do we influence our reality with sound? So that's you know the power of chanting and singing and humming and watching the words that we speak out into our reality. The one thing that most people are not aware of, I've studied and been involved with sound for for decades, is that they now have machines that you can speak into the machine and there is an image, an electronic image of a pattern of your voice or the word you just spoke. So if we stop and realize our words, the words we speak literally go out as a pattern. And they So are you it. saying that, that there's a technology that shows a holographic form of your yes, absolutely, of your sound? Of your sound, of your words. And the thing is, is that pattern is interfacing with the quantum field. So we're always interfacing with the quantum field. And the key for all of us to, re- to realize is, what, what are you saying to the universe as an alchemist? How are you using your creative ability as a divine being to create? What are you creating with the words you say? So that would be the first. <laughs> that would be the first. The first um, uh, powerful alchemist tool. I would really encourage everyone to to be mindful of it, because they've discovered. This is so fascinating. They've discovered that DNA, our personal, our body DNA, is influenced by words and sound frequencies. And so we're always influencing our our personal DNA by the words we say, our self-talk, how we, you know, how we relate to one another. Um, and, and, And sound is such a powerful tool for healing. And this goes back to shamanism, using sounds and drums and crystal bowls and so forth. And so the first, you know, the first, alchemist tool I would really encourage everybody to look into and begin to play with is sound. How do you use sound? How do you embrace sound? How do you use your words? Um, It's just such a rich, it's such a rich subject and it's so powerful and we use it every day without any real thought about it. You know, Peggy, I just saw on the news this week where uh, we had a, um, a spacecraft land on Mars and send back sound. First time we heard sound from Mars. Were, exactly. were you able to hear that? Absolutely. In fact, I've got on my computer a number of the different planet sounds. So there's sound everywhere. We're always influenced by sound. And as humans, we have a very limited range in what we can hear. You know, it was discovered that they didn't understand how elephants could all show up at the same time or at the same place or start moving at the same time until somebody began to record and they couldn't pick up any sound until they turned their equipment, dialed it down, and there was a whole array of deep, 
deep sounds beyond human human um, ability to hear. And so the elephants had been communicating and communicated at all times, but they just communicate at a frequency, a vibration that we can't hear. It's like bats. Bats' frequency is higher than we can hear. And so there's always sound influencing us, and we're always influencing uh, our reality with our sound. And the thing to remember is the high water content of our body tissue uh, helps us conduct sound. And actually, using chanting or crystal bowls or singing or humming has an overall effect very similar to a deep massage. Yeah, wow. You're right. <laughs> so, you know, there's just... And, and you know, sound can be... Um, it entrains the brain. And so we can listen to certain, as, as, as you know, we were talking about music. We can, we can listen to beautiful music, and we entrain with that music. You know, Peggy, I went through a, a, a series of, of experiments with um, ETs, and, and I, I was trained to do a lot of different things at different times. But one of the things that I remember after I got hit by lightning the second time was... I would look at someone and I could I could hear the sound of their soul. And that that was on me night and day for about 6 months. I thought I was going to lose my mind <laughs> cuz I could it, hear it, the sound of their it. soul. Yes, yes. Well, you know, we all give off a sound vibration. We all give off an energy signature. And so as conscious alchemists using an alchemist tool of sound, we can begin to use that in a way that that creates a better life for ourselves, but also contributes to bringing more holistic harmony to our planet. Everything you're saying makes so much sense. Makes so <laughs> much sense. Yeah, it, it, it is. So that's one of. There's so many, and I don't know if you want to have questions for each tool, or just have them toward the end, and I just kind of give you some more of the the tools that are alchemist tools that I'm thrilled to talk about. Just 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 share with us anything that comes to mind. Well, when I when I talk about being a conscious alchemist, I'm and I, we know we we have a title uh, alchemist tools. Many of your listeners know a lot of these tools. They're awake and aware. And I'm I'm delighted that it feels like more of individuals are waking up. More individuals are becoming interested in some of these things. But one of the ancient uh, tools, uh, alchemist tool, is color and the power of color. I mean, we take that for granted. We have certain colors we love to wear. We have certain colors we dislike. But, you know, each color has a particular vibration. And that vibration has a particular sound. And so, you know, color is an alchemist tool uh, that you can use to invite to rebalance and heal the body, the mind, the spirit. And so learning a little bit more or thinking about the colors, because each color carries 
a particular frequency and vibration. Let me ask you, Peggy, about the color black, because when I travel through airports, I like to wear black for some reason. I I feel like I'm contained within my energy field, and, and it makes me more invisible or being able to function through crowds. Do you I wear, wear black in large I wear black groups? all the time for that very reason. Okay. In fact, my, my children have, have just given up on trying to get me, get me out of black. But, I mean, for the last, I don't know how many years, um, because I feel that very, that very same thing, Lavendar. Yeah, me too. Uh, but, but, you know, one of the things that my team offers and invites is a process that they call flowing color. And um, they'll just say, imagine yourself sitting quietly or reclining and fill your physical body with the image or the vibration of the color red. And then say to your body, any part of my body that needs this color red, take what you need. Any part of my body that has too much of this red vibration, now's the time to release it. And then you imagine that red dissipating and fill yourself with the vibration or color of orange. And then say, repeat the same thing. And you do that through yellow and green and blue. And you say, say you fill your body with blue and you say, any part of my body that needs this vibration of blue Take what you need. Any part of my body that has too much of this vibration of blue, now's your time to release it. Because what you're doing in using that that flowing the entire spectrum of our rainbow through your body, if you've got inflammation somewhere and you say to your cells, and our cells are conscious sentient beings, our cells all have consciousness. And so when we begin to address them, if we've got inflammation in our body and we say now's the time to release any extra frequency of red, that part of our body can let go of some of that inflammation. But if we've got a part of our body that feels sluggish and isn't, isn't active as, as it should be for its own optimum uh, processing, the red is a stimulant and it can stimulate that part of our body. So that's just one way we can use color consciously as an alchemist. And I used this particular process when 2005, morning and night, for over a year, along with, with some other things that I did energetically and working with a holistic doctor, and I cleared a very serious health situation. Tell us what you know about the the emerald colored green, the emerald green. It, this seems to be coming up for a lot of us star seeds right now to be wearing emerald green, and and having it on our on our physical body. Well, it's interesting you say that, Lavendar, because I have a a particular stone called an Andara crystal, and it it comes in a in a in a green, and I have worn that green. Uh, or carried that stone with me since 1999. So I love the synchronicity when things like wearing black and you speaking 
But green, if we stop and think about green is a universal healing color because it contains both physical nature and the spiritual nature. So it, it, it's an it's a equal balance, equal harmony. How about um, putting different colors together like emerald green with purple? I'm noticing a lot of people are decorating with green and shades of um, magenta or, or purple in their houses well, now. Well, you know, green, like you say, is, is, of course, nature, but it's very healing. It's also connected to the heart. Green is a heart, a heart color. And the violet, the violet flame, the energy of, of violet is, is divine spirit. It works at a spirit level. So combining the violet color with the green is heart and your higher consciousness connecting. In other words, your heart, your heart chakra, your heart center being represented by this green color, this green vibration, healing vibration, you've connected it to your higher your higher chakras uh, and the violet flame. What do you think about the police and and referees that wear black and white? Like like <laughs> most of the um highway patrol cars that we have here in our state are black and white. And the referees at football and basketball games wear black and white. Well you know, it for me what that represents is is the 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 hop, opposites the paradigm that this planet represents big polarity play yeah yeah it, you know that would be just off the top of my head that was the first thing that came to mind is yeah. you know it's it's um, and how about the nuns wearing black and white <laughs> it's the same it's the same sort of thing you know when you think about it yeah yeah uh, one of the things about color and you you brought up the subject of the violet flame. I mean, you know, the gift of St. Germain uh, that gave our planet uh, the use of the violet flame. And as an alchemist, that's a very powerful tool because we can invoke the power of the violet flame. As you well know, it's a transformational energy. And we can offer it. We can invite it. We can invoke it. And there's so much information on the Internet about the violet flame. Uh, but that's such a powerful tool to be in partnership with and to engage with um, because it's a powerful frequency for uh, transmuting negative energy. You know, Peggy, I had so many different experiences off-planet and being aboard ship, but one of the things that happened to me is I saw colors that I couldn't come back and, and describe. It's like... Once you see something, you want to compare it to something that you can talk about back here, but I never could. I could never describe the color combinations that I saw in other places. I can believe that. You know, I can I can believe that just as we on this planet in our human body can't hear all the sounds that are available, we can't hear the frequency of electricity. We can't hear the frequency um, of, of our television our, our our broadcast, we can't really hear that frequency. And I think that there are actual colors that our vision, our eyes, our physical limitations can't see. And so you having an experience is, you know, in an out-of-body experience as, as your divine energy can see those colors in all, I'm sure they were magnificent, huh? 
Yeah, but see, we have primary colors here, but they're they have colors that aren't primary. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what I was trying to. Yeah. Yeah. It's all vibration. So we're this is one of the most this is one of the densest realities. So the higher in dimensions that we that we're able to uh, travel or move through, can you imagine? Like you experienced, there's higher frequencies of color and sound and um, right right on up the scale. Fascinating yeah. stuff, isn't it? Uh, it is absolutely. Well, color and sound. I what was it in the Bible? It and and the word was see what was what was that phrase and the and the word was sound or the word was god or i can't remember now and then what the it word was. was light yes i i don't know that right but i know what you're speaking of i'm sure we we've all heard it in some capacity yeah and so you know here we have sound and color these are things that are around us how we decorate how we dress what colors appeals us even the food that we eat we can begin to recognize, to feed our body rainbow colors. You know, there's certain days that I'll get up and I'll put something on and go, okay, not that. And I'll put, I, I change my clothes four or five times before I decide on what I'm going to wear, which is yes. I have a hard not time really like me. I, usually I just know what I want. I reach in, I grab it. But recently I'm going through all this changing of vibration with colors out, out of my closet. <laughs> It feels like to me that so many of us, like yourself, we're getting ready to make a huge quantum leap in consciousness. Yeah. And in doing so, things that were normal or things that we did on a regular basis is shifting. Are you finding the people you meet on Tuesday maybe won't be in your life by Saturday? (laughs) (laughs) Well, That's how fast I'm moving. (laughs) Well, I do a lot of counseling on the phone, so I don't always meet a lot of people. But, uh, but that's an interesting, you know. I think a lot of times those that are listening can identify with this. I'm sure is we're really just meant to to meet people in certain times in certain places to trigger or activate them. Oh, I I totally believe that absolutely. And so I mean, how many times do you grab the car keys? And you go to a store, and you're standing there, and you go, okay, I know I came here for something. What did I come here for? Well, maybe you just need to clear space or activate someone in the store. And all yeah. of a sudden you go, okay, I guess I'm going to go home now. <laughs> yeah. you know, and I hear that a lot from my clients. Well, not only that, I did a, a, a session today for um, a, a, a wonderful lady and woman, and the team was saying to her, her energy field no matter where she is and how she's walking about, her energy field triggers and, and quickens or stimulates the codes of other people. Right. That's happening all over the place. Yeah, I, I definitely see that happening. Yeah. 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 And here, here's another alchemist tool um, that, we, that we, <laughs> we don't think about. It's just a part of who we are. But when we think about it, our heart is an alchemist tool. And our heart really is the thinking part of our physical our physical unit. You know, most people think of the heart as as a machine, a mechanism. 
but they're discovering now that the heart and the the rhythm of the heart and the the energy moving through the heart because of our particular thoughts or our emotions are is influencing every part of our body but also it in, influences the field around us i don't know if uh, how many of your uh, listeners might know of HeartMath. It's an organization just about seven miles from me, and they've been for decades studying about studying the frequencies and vibrations of our our physical heart. And they have equipment, and I have some of it I've used, but it monitors your heart, and and the goal the goal is to offer a coherent frequency from your heart. So they can attach a a little tiny sensor to your thumb or your earlobe, and you can see on the screen when your heart has a, a rhythm that is anxious or worried. And then if you get into a state of gratitude, if you begin to think of things you're grateful for, the rhythm of your heart begins to even out and it's a co- it's a coherent, cohesive rhythm. And that that electromagnetic field from your heart touches everybody you encounter. It, it's it's just um heart math. Um People can Tell us more about, I have never heard of this. You say it's called heart math, heart M-A-T-H? M-A-T-H, heart math, M-A-T-H. Oh, Lavender, you are going to love, love this, this. What they've done and what they're doing is they, here's a quote from heart math. The electromagnetic field of the heart is approximately 60 times stronger than the brain. It radiates, and as an electromagnetic field, a torus in structure about 15 feet beyond the body. The magnetic component is approximately 5,000 times stronger than the brain's magnetic field. This electric field is constantly shape-shifting, undulating, yet exceptionally stable, in its uh, in its electric field, Institute of Heart Math. So, so what if what happens when a person has a really large enlarged heart, more more enlarged than normal? You know, that's a curious thing. My father had an enlarged heart. I've never even thought of that. Um, I just always felt it was it was because he had a big, he had a big body. You know, he was a he was a big man. Uh, but the doctor, when he had open heart surgery, said to him, "You have a really big heart." So we always knew that he had a big heart, but it was a di- in a different connotation. Right. But heart math is always inviting each of us to recognize, and I'm going to use my words, each of us as an alchemist to recognize that our heart rhythm, when we're radiating a coherent emotional frequency from our heart that we're literally influencing the field around us in a very cohesive, positive, uplifting way. 
And so they're always inviting us to be mindful and begin to take deep breaths, begin to stop yourself from going to that anxious place. Because when that happens, your heart sends out a a frequency or vibration that's more chaotic. Heart math. And and here here we all have a heart. We all are aware of our heart. I mean, heart issues and heart problems is one of the, what is our physical um, um, challenge, isn't it, with what's happening with everyone? Because we, we express our stress and our, our worry, our frustration, that affects our heart, our heart rhythm. Interesting, isn't it? Yes. What do you think technology and cell phones and cell phone towers are doing to the heart? I think all of that kind of energy, and and we could we could even go so far as to say the the television waves, the radio waves. You know, there's so many invisible frequencies that we're interfacing with at all times. So I think, as a human being, an awake, aware human being, the more we can maintain our a sense of our own gratitude when we can hum and take deep breaths and begin to hold our own our own frequency the integrity of our own frequency when we're connected to our divine self i think all of those kind of things counteract any of the influences that we're receiving from some of these perhaps harmful frequencies I think when we're I think when we're in a place of vulnerability, when we're worried and stressed and anxious and in those kind of emotional states, rushing, we're more vulnerable to those kind of uh, uh, those kind of uh, uh, effects. Peggy, weren't you just in Hawaii recently? Can you tell us something that you saw or experienced in Hawaii when you were there? I was there helping my daughter move. Uh, from a very large house into a very small apartment. (laughs) And what I experienced both times, I was there two different times this year. Both times I was there, I was there during a hurricane. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, the, the first time, it didn't actually, it wasn't, it wasn't, the impact that some of the other islands had, but it rained for two solid weeks the entire time I was there. In fact, a part of Kauai flooded, an entire town flooded. So were you on the island of Kauai? Yeah, I was, yes. She lives on Kauai. It's my um, favorite island. That is oh, my favorite island. I it, love it. Is, it's a, she's lived there 30 years, so Lavendar. I've had the privilege of going there for 30 years. Oh, uh, my goodness. Lucky to, you. Wow. I used, to do sound, um, I used to do sound therapy with the Dr. Urema there. He would make his office available to me. Here's an, a story about using your power as an alchemist. For years, I would call and say, I'm coming and I'll be there for, you know, available for clients for these many days. And his office would book my appointments. And then he gave me a room to use that was like in a building at the far opposite corner from his main office. 
So I could take my clients and we could make as big a sounds as we needed for them to clear clear their emotional issues and nobody was disturbed. And so the last time I went there and he was in that office, um, he said to me, oh, you know, the, the where you've always gone, we've rented it to a yoga studio. You're going to be in the office next to next to mine. <laughs> and I <laughs> and I panicked. And so I asked the team what I could do, so I set my table up. I did my prayer and invocation. And then I just said to the divine beings, I said, would you please put a sound barrier around the work I'm doing today? And so I worked on several clients before lunch, and then I went out and I told the receptionist I was going to lunch, and she says, oh, my goodness, we forgot you were there. (laughs) Well, that was exceptional. I'd never, ever experienced anything like that. So for the next several days, every time I would go into the room, I would set up and call in these beautiful beings to create a barrier. And the last morning I was to work there, I was late, and my, my grandson had driven me there, and you know how when you're late, you rush, and you just kind of set things up real quick. And I said my prayer, and I didn't, I didn't remember to put the barrier up. And I only had one client. So when I finished, I went to the receptionist, and she said, Wow, you sure had a noisy one today. <laughs> you know, you can't so, make this stuff up, can you? <laughs> no. We're so powerful and we're unlimited in what we can do with energy. And that's part of what is so delightful about recognizing some of these alchemist tools, some of these powerful tools that we can use every day, easily, uh, without <laughs> without any struggle, you know. Um, this is a quote about the heart from my team. It says, your sacred heart space is the gateway to all awareness, well-being, and the oneness with all. It is your link to the cosmic grid and your way home. I love that. Yeah. I love that, Peggy. That's wonderful. You have so many wonderful one-liners. And and have you put together a, a book of your um, one-liners, or have you made calendars or cards or anything like that? Oh, thank you for asking. You know, I just I just finished um a two book set, my second book set, uh and it, I just just a couple of months ago, but it's the longer transmissions. But one of the things I wanted to do um and and perhaps it will it will manifest is I wanted to create um an app called Message in the Moment. And I wanted it to be one-liners like that, and I wanted it to be dropped into someone's phone from 8 in the morning to 8 at night. So, in other words, no matter where you were in the world, it wouldn't disturb your sleep. It would just be during the, the, the appropriate time. But it could, it, you could get the message one day at 9 o'clock, the next day at 3 in the afternoon, the other day at 2, because I wanted it to be the message of what were you doing when that message dropped into your, to what was going on with you, because that message was a direct message for you at that moment. I love that idea. That's great. 
Well, the thing, thank you. I think I've got them all, I've got those one-liners all selected and printed out in the computer. And I've, I've, I've investigated about how to set these apps up. Uh, I've talked to different individuals. It's about $5,000 per, per phone. In other words, iPhones would be a different um, configuration from Androids. So you'd have to do two different apps for each each of that those equip that equipment, and the the problem and why it's so pricey is because I want the the messages to be random. We could set it up where they would always arrive on your phone at ten o'clock, and that's not as pricey. That doesn't cost as much to create, but I want it to be so random that it really causes you to pay attention to what is going on with you in the moment. Remember the 10, 2, 4, Dr. Pepper time? (laughs) What is that? 10, 2, and 4, Dr. Pepper time? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And that was one. When I did did soft drinks, that happened to be my favorite soft drink, Dr. Pepper. (laughs) 2. That's a southern drink, I think. Yes, that's... Yes, it also shows my age. <laughs> well, mine too. I'm sev- I'll am i be 77 in January. I just turned 76 uh, last week. Uh, I think we talked about birthdays because I'm, I'm uh, a Capricorn. I really would love to look at your chart, so we need to talk later. Uh, I think you <laughs> sent me your birth information, but I haven't gotten around to, to looking at it. But I, I promise I'll do it over, over the holidays. I promise. Well, you don't have to promise anything. I know you have a busy schedule. I want schedule. to. It's important to me now. <laughs> I have to share with you uh, someone that went to one of your uh, crystal events uh, was kind enough. She had bought some Andaras from me, and she gifted me a, 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 a couple of these uh, star, star code crystals the that Giza were crystals? In, the, in the pyramid. Yeah. The Giza crystals. Okay. Yeah. So I have those. I have those. I haven't. I haven't worked with them yet. I'm just still kind of amazed by them. But you know, it's, they're kind of hard to work with because they have a mind all of their own, and um, it's hard to describe how they function. They just sometimes they'll disappear and then they'll come back, and they it's 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 amazing how that these geezers just just travel. They they can just up and jump and go through dimensions and then come back and then you go, wow, what just happened? (laughs) (laughs) i got a lot of stories about those geezers. In fact, I'm in the process of writing my book about them. Oh, wonderful. All the different experiences. I mean, they've been to the White House. They've been been sewn in the chair of of the president's blue room in the the Oval Office, and they're in the uh, potted plants outside the White House, and they're in every uh, Senate and and House representatives, they're all over the place. <laughs> oh, good for you. It, it sounds like I have these Andara crystals I've been working with since 1999, and I uh, actually seeded those in the uh, in the pyramid, and um, and they were discovered in the Sierras, and they were um, uh, the the channeled information by Thoth or Thoth, however you say that, Thoth, um, they were timeless stones. They'd been put there by the time walkers. 
And That's kind so, of way, the way I feel about the geeses. I think they're time walkers. Yeah. Yeah. And I so, also have been um, giving them out all over the world for many, many years. And and as of last November, no, November a year ago, I felt like that most of them were in place where they needed to be. And I feel like there's going to be this huge crop circle sign from space because they're going to be turned on all at once. I love it. Well, that's (laughs) what I was going to say is once I got back from Egypt, because someone um, uh, on our in in the group I was in called Shamanic Journeys uh, was my roommate, and when I told her that I was I brought these these um, timeless stones, um, she just fell across the bed very dramatically. And I had just met her, so I kind of looked at her and rolled my eyes like, oh, my goodness. And she sets up and she says, two nights ago, I was awakened. And thoughts came through and said there were secrets and mysteries put in the temples and the pyramid to be opened by a timeless stone activated by sound. And I had been scholarship to go on this trip to provide sacred sounds in the temples and pyramid for the group. And wow. so uh, so I became the seneschal for these beautiful stones. When I came back to the States, I drove to this lady's house. It was about two hours from me, and I worked with her for years, and I bought thousands of dollars worth of these stones. Um but they're timeless. And in the process of working with her, just like yourself, I have seeded those green, those andaras, all over the world. Oh, wow. They're in the North and South Pole. They're in all of the sacred sites in, in England, Ireland, and Scotland. Um, they're in Japan. They're um, in Australia. They're every, every time I've run across someone in, when I'm at an event... And they're from some other country, or they're traveling to some other country. I've given them some and said, put this in some sacred space. And so they're actually in the center of Stonehenge. Uh, you know, all it just it just sounds like a similar story. Yes, that's you're you're saying the same kind of story that happens to me with the geeses. Yeah, they're everywhere. Stonehenge and the pyramids and Peru and. Easter Island and Fiji and you name it, they're there. Yeah, but see, you've got yours in the White House. I don't think I have an Endar there. I would love to have one there. You know, for a long time I kept wondering when the Secret Service was going to come knock on my door and say, what are these? (laughs) (laughs) The maid that that was working in the White House, she she and I um, became friends. This was many years ago in the the 80s, and um, that's when Reagan was president. And... um, she went to Nancy and asked for permission to place these geezers in the White House. I love it. What a beautiful story. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I kept wondering when they were going to show up and go, what are these, girl? <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately for me, uh, mine, mine are usually hidden so that nobody picks them up, you know. Um, when I was in Egypt, I made sure that they were behind some huge boulder dropped in a crack or, you know, that kind of thing. And we have the Vatican covered big time. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, I, I, now I'm really thrilled about having some of my own. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll send you a package of them. When we talk, I'll get your mailing address, and, and we'll talk over the holidays. Are you going to be home over the holidays, or are you traveling? 
no, this year I'm going to be home. I normally okay. I normally go to Sonora, and um, and spend about three or four days. Believe it or not, with my ex-husband and his wife, and all our children join us. And I've been doing it ever since the, my divorce in 1974. Oh goodness, girl. And so it's you know uh, we had three children. And I was an only child, and he was an only child. And it was like um, <laughs> she was my best friend, and they just fell in love. And um, and my parents were just alarmed by it, and they said, we love him like a son. And I said, well, you have to think you have a new daughter-in-law now. If we don't, If we don't expand and include this, we're going to be fractured. Wow. And so... So my parents, bless her sweethearts, they stepped up, and we all started having our holidays together. And so Dick and Sue would have Christmas, my parents would have Thanksgiving, and I had Easter. And um, and so, you know, throughout the years, you know, my, my children all travel, and we go and we, because they live in Sonora, it's a long ways from all of us. So we just stay two or three days. So you're not doing it this year? No, this year my grandson and his wife and my great-grandson are going to be hosting Christmas for the day. Unfortunately, my my ex-husband has been dealing with some real serious health issues. He's had cancer that he's had several different procedures. So I don't think they're really up to to hosting a big group of people. Yeah. So. Well, I'll certainly uh, try to to, uh, contact you. I'm going to... I won't be having sessions during the holidays, but I would like to to talk to you and um, connect with you big time over the holidays if that's possible. Oh, yes, and and I would love to. At some point I'm thinking about joining you in one of your your crystal. um, Oh, yes, we'd love to have you. The one in March March is going to be focused on Athena and the 96 goddesses. Oh, my. A lot of material that was given to me some time ago about what actually happened when when Athena left the planet and who she left in charge with emeralds in their hands. <laughs> oh, my. Oh. Yeah. Well, if you want to continue, I wanted to give you some more, give the readers some more um, tools. Well, I, I'm looking at the time, and I'd like to pass you over to my co-host now, Ariel, and, and, and let her open up the switchboard if that's okay with you. Certainly, but there there are more tools we can come back to it if that works for you. So, well, you can talk you, you okay. can talk to Ariel about the rest of the tools, but also give uh, people an opportunity maybe to call in and, and talk with you. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay. Back to you, Ariel. So, Peggy, we'll be talking. Okay. I'll be calling you over the holidays. Make sure you email me um, your uh, your phone number so I can call you. Excellent. I certainly will. Okay, thank you, honey. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, actually, we have had um we had one well, we had two callers with the same question and uh one of I mean, she was she was waiting a really long time, so I don't see her here, but they both had the same question. So, <clears throat> maybe you can um continue with more tools um with with helping these with these questions. Certainly. So, um we are going to be talking to uh, Penny, who has a question for you. So let me get your mic open. Okay, hi Penny. You are on the air with Peggy Black. Go ahead with your question. 
Hi, Peggy. I um, wanted to know if you can tell what's blocking my abundance. Like, I have a major block. Well, let, Penny, first of all, let me just say two things. One, I would like you to begin to not continually say, I have a block in my abundance. Okay. In other words, if your words are powerful, if you're interfacing with the quantum field, which you are, begin to say, my abundance is coming to me easily. My abundance is starting to flow. I'm grateful that I've opened the channel for my abundance. I actually do do that every day. That's why I was just wondering why it doesn't happen. <laughs> well, uh, I, I norma- really normally there's, there's a process that, that I can you know, take, take you on. Uh, it's, it can very easily be somewhere along the line. Usually, as children, we pick up patterns. So I'm going to ask you to just look for a moment. Quiet yourself, and I'm going to ask you, Whose pattern and whose emotions did you take on? Probably my mother's. Okay. And so we're empathic as children. We take on our parents' emotions, uh, our their, their patterns, and so it, it, it's, it's, there's no judgment about it. It's just what's done. But our goal as an awakened being, is to recognize their only patterns and we can clear them. And so, yeah, I've been working really hard to clear them. Uh-huh. And with colors, I have to say, red is really irritating to me. I don't know why. Yeah, it, it's probably too much stimulation for you. Could be. Been but but what I would in, what I would invite you to do is is envision yourself as a a little girl and begin, just just ask yourself, how old were you when you picked up this pattern from your mother? What age comes to mind? Probably like six. Excellent. So I would invite you to imagine, pretend, that heart-to-heart and mind-to-mind, you can dialogue with that little 10-year-old and talk to her and say, what did you take on from your mom? Why did you take on this from your mom? Was it a strong energy she was, she was offering? Witness her. You let her tell you what happened. Witness her. The team I work with call that part of ourselves a keeper. That little 10-year-old is keeping a pattern locked in place that is affecting your life today. So she's really as real in her timeline as you are talking to to me right now. And so, so talk to her, witness her, and then at some point ask her, are you willing to transform everything you took on from your mother? And just watch how she responds. And then if she's willing, then give those patterns a sound. Sound them, whether it's anger or 
lack or scarcity or fear or unworthiness, whatever she shares with you, imagine that that particular emotion could be a sound and sound it as as long as it takes to clear that. And then once oh, okay. she's cleared it, once she's cleared it, ask her, what would you put in place? Name the emotion and the quality you would put in place of what you've just cleared. And what you do then is let her name, um, have her name um, worthiness. Have her say uh, prosperity. And then call those those qualities make a sound. What would that what would that sound like? And what you've just done is you've witnessed a part of yourself that's holding a pattern that's limiting. You came into this reality, we all did, as alchemists. We came in to transform misqualified energy. We came in to experience limitations and transform those limitations. But nobody told us how. And when you stop and think about it, emotions have, we've all been taught to suppress our emotions. We've all been taught to to suppress, no one knows how to express anger properly, or grief, or sadness, or unworthiness. We, We don't know how to express it. So it gets stored in the tissues, the organs, the bones of our body. And then the vibration or frequency from that pattern affects our life. And this process can be done for any issue at all. And when you do it, it's very much like hitting a delete program on your computer. In other words, if your computer was... Uh, if there was a program that was running on your computer that was malfunctioning, was affecting the operation of everything, if you had the skills, you would go in and delete it, or you would hire somebody to delete it for you and replace it with an upgrade, wouldn't you? Yep. And that's all you're doing consciously, is you're going to what aspect of you as a multidimensional being is holding that limited pattern? You're witnessing them. We all want to be witnessed for what we've experienced. People will hold on to the most horrible abuses and memory. They want somebody to witness, I experienced this. And when they're witnessed, they're willing then to transform that energy. And we came I like here. the sound thing. That makes a lot of sense. That's, that's like the only thing I haven't tried to. Trust me, it's a pow- I use it all the time. My my team uses it with clients. It, it's very it's very powerful. And one of the other things that they recommend is that once you connect with an inner child, no matter what the age, afterwards thank them for doing that work. Because they're as real as you. They're just on a different timeline. Right. And create a sacred space or one of the other alchemist tools is what's called, the team calls an alchemist chamber, a sacred space. And that's created in your imagination. And so create 
a space, envision it, uh, feel it, sense it, however it works for you, and meet your little 10-year-old in that space. You're her future self. So tell her, you don't have to hold on to these limiting beliefs. That That's misinformation you were given. Inform her she's an alchemist. She's meant to transform any negative or misqualified energy she encounters. And spend some time with her for a while. Five minutes here, ten minutes there. Envision her blossoming. Envision her being prosperous in whatever way feels prosperous to her as a ten-year-old. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I've worked because hard, she, but I've never because as she begins as she begins to feel her own true abundance, it's going to be reflected in your life because you're saying the right words. You're using your words to create. Engage her in also saying these words. Teach her how to say these words. That makes a lot of sense. That's a whole different angle. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you stop and think, everything is vibration. Everything is energy. We have a physical body, but when you really really scientifically look at it, it's just energy. It's just frequencies and vibrations. And so our bones vibrate at a a density than some of our other body parts. But everything is energy and vibration. And so we take on these patterns, and all it is is energy and vibration. And when we use sound consciously with intention, we can clear phenomenal things, personal things that we're that we're dealing with. That's what we're meant to do. Wow, that really gives me some stuff to work with now. <laughs> Excellent. Well, cool. thank you so much for the question, and thank you for giving well, me an opportunity because that's going to help a lot. Yeah, and thank you for giving me an opportunity to speak about the Alchemist Chambers because that's another tool you can use. And anyone can use these because we're we're star beings. We're luminous beings. We're we're really unlimited. And we happen to be in a dimension that is unconscious limitation. And we match that energy. Yeah. Well, it was funny when you and Lavendar were talking about you know how you just randomly show up places and for no reason. I did that the other day. I waited in a long line in a store that I didn't need anything from and then realized <laughs> I didn't even have anything in my cart once I got to the checkout. <laughs> I had never in my life done that. Well, oh, goodness. You know, the, the key for all of us to remember is that we all have an energy signature and that energy signature is interfacing with absolutely every single person we encounter. And 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 like Lavendar was saying, often my particular energy or hers or yours is activating somebody that was in that line, maybe all the people in that line. 
that makes sense because I had a reading with Ariel, and that's what she said. I activate people wherever yeah. I go. Yeah. So I didn't think being, I just thought, oh. well, I couldn't believe I just did that. We didn't yeah. align for no reason. <laughs> uh, now so, I know. Well, I really encourage you to work with with uh, your inner keepers. Issues that 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 um, that y- that you might have that limit you in any way, and this is this is true for all the listeners. Any limitation that you're experiencing, see if you can find the core, where it began, the seed, and who's keeping that particular pattern in place. Yeah, I'm going to start working on that tonight. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you cool. so much for the tool. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank Great. you, Penny. And for taking my call. Thank you. You're, Have a good you're night. You're so welcome, Penny. Thanks for calling in. Bye-bye. Bye. That was a nice question. Well, yeah, and it was <clears throat> it was interesting because there was another person um, who who waited, but they called in almost at the beginning of the show, and apparently she had to go. But it was the same question, so um, if she listens to it um, in the archives, she'll get her answer. But you know, as you were talking, I, I'm I'm drawing parallels. It's like okay, yeah, okay, in you know, in my own life, um, mm-hmm. you know, things that that similar not not the you know abundance thing but there are other issues that that um I was thinking about in my own life that like oh that's a whole new way to track things and something oh, it, that it's you, am- you know it's amazing it's just really amazing yeah. and the universe literally our higher self will give us experiences encouraging us to clear this energy in amazing ways It'll keep showing up in our life until it's cleared. I can give an example that's, it's, 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 well, it's an example I've personally experienced. When I was growing up and I was young, I was maybe four or five, uh, my father tried to kill my mother. And she told me, or screamed, run and hide. So I went and hid. And I hid in a situation where I could see the driveway. And so the authorities were called by other family members, and I watched my father be taken away by the police, the authorities. And, of course, that was real emotional, and my mother and I went and hid for a, a few few days until my father left. Um, anyway, as, as an adult, when I got into being awake and my spirituality and expanding, I realized this is a big issue. I, you know, I've got some stuff on this. So I did the work. I did a lot of healing processes and so forth. And you think you've got it finished. And um, then I moved. I've been in my house here in, in Felton for 40 years. And so the first maybe decade that I lived here, Ariel, I had five arrests, four or five arrests, in my driveway. Oh. oh, my gosh. Yeah, see, it's so, this is so profound, it really, really connects the dots. Because every single time someone was arrested in my driveway, guess what it brought up? Uh-huh. 
that childhood experience. So then I got to clear a little bit more of it. A little bit more of it until it was clear. I haven't had, in 30 years, nobody's been addressed, arrested in my driveway. So, so, the, so we create situations that invite us to clear some of our misinformation, some of our misqualified patterns that we've acquired. And so if people are struggling with finances and, and feeling, uh, you know, po- poverty consciousness in some way, it's just misinformation they've acquired. It's not the truth. Because you're a divine being. You can't be unlimited. You can't be uh, uh, limited in any way. But that story exactly. illustrates how how we how our divine self, our higher self, um, um, brings up issues for us to uh, us to heal. And how many times have we you, you heard people say, "Oh, she's just with another another loser." You know, a woman will have a relationship with men that are very similar. Uh huh. Because there's a pattern there that once she can clear that, she's not going to attract that kind of person anymore. Right. And you can't really move on until you, you know, finish that level and, and clear that away. Because in a lot, in a lot of people, um, they, 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 want to, they want to get, you know, higher and higher. And they want to, to you know, go up to the next level. And I just like if you don't master the level you're on, you're not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have or you'll to. get you'll get to the higher mm-hmm. level, but it'll show up in a different way if it's not or, completed. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you might get glimpses, but then there's it seems that that you'd be um, a kind of backsliding, mm. and and you know, and like you said, you cleared a lot of it. But then there was another little piece, and then another little piece, until you finally get it all. Um, exactly. Yeah. 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 And that's the so, thing. I think people in our in our realm and and those that are on this, you think you've done the work, and then all of a sudden your issue shows up again, and you feel like you failed. And it's not that that's what happened. Is from my understanding with the team, we store emotions in layers. And so you clear one layer, and then another one pops up. And so without judgment, just clear that one. But we right. get and caught up in the drama. <laughs> exactly. And you can't abandon the the process or the technique because you thought there was only one layer. And then when another exactly. one comes up, it's like, oh, that didn't work, so you don't try it again. <laughs> and the so. And the interesting thing is we're all so unique that one tool that works for one individual might not work for the other individual. We have to find the technique or the process or the method that resonates with us. And so, Absolutely. you know, that's why there is so many varieties of healing and so many varieties because... We're all star beings. We come in with so much information. And right. being from star, different star systems, we, we're affected differently, and we use, how do you say, different techniques. Right, right. Many different techniques for the same 
for the same goal. So there's exactly. there's it's an unlimited number of choices. How do you want to get there? <laughs> you can get there this way or that way. Um, but like Lavendar says, you can come now or you can come later, but you are coming. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you, with how, regardless of how many lifetimes it takes, we are all going to get there. Exactly. So, um, um, we just have a, a few minutes left here. Was there any um, additional alchemist tool that you didn't get a chance to mention, or um, do you feel complete? Well, no, thank you for that. I'll, one of the things that we really I invite us to recognize is that according to quantum physics, according to what we know about energy, um, we're all we're all connected, and and so. The the beautiful thing about that is, is when I heal some aspect within my own field, I offer that healing to everyone. You know, we're all connected. We're all entangled. Uh, if you want to call it quantum entanglement, but we're all entangled. And, you know, there's no real separation between us. Um, so that what we do to another we do to an aspect of ourself. And so that's a, a powerful thing, is just to recognize in this entanglement, in this connection, one of the alchemist tools that we can honor and, and use is our ability to be telepathic, to be clairvoyant, uh, you know, distant healing. All of those things are possible because we're already, we're already connected to others. So that's one piece. And then I guess the final final one, because there's so many more, but the one that I'd like to invite individuals to begin to play with is create an alchemist chamber, a sacred space. Make it as beautiful um, as you can possibly imagine. There's no limitations. And then be in that space and invite your future self to join you and dialogue with that aspect of yourself. Begin to communicate. Um, You can sit in front of a mirror and do this or you can just do it in your imagination. But we have such an opportunity to really expand how we look at ourselves, how we look at our reality the tools that we use that really enhance our life. Um, uh, and and the, the final one is an alchemist tool is our partnership with non-physical beings. We're all invited to be in contact and be available or invite divine beings of light to work with us and through us. And that's a, a very powerful alchemist tool to just recognize that. It's our birthright. We're meant to be liaisons between the physical and the non-physical. It's our birthright uh, to be enlightened. We're wired for it. <laughs> and is it um, a, a true statement that the the higher celestial beings are waiting for your invitation so they can act? From the way I understand that, the divine beings, 
the infinite beings cannot interfere because this particular dimension has a free will clause. So they'll wait, they'll watch, they'll want to participate, but unless they're invited, they they won't they won't break that free will clause. And so I do news homework every day. And I know I've shared this, but I read the newspaper, I read the headlines. And then I I put the paper on my lap and I close my eyes and I simply say, I call upon divine beings to minister to every situation that this paper represents. Uplift the consciousness of those involved in all these situations. And, you know, I say a little prayer like that, but but I invite divine beings into our dimension to assist and support our own evolution. I think they're waiting for our invitation. And on the other hand, if if beings show up without invitation, um, should a person be suspect or steer clear? One of the things that I understand is when I say to myself, I am fully embodied, I'm anchored to this planet, I'm always connected to divine source. I'm a being of absolute divine integrity. And those that, so to speak, are uninvited are not even, they don't even come close. It's not, it, you know, it's not, it's not welcoming. I've had one experience that I was asleep in my loft or reading in my loft and I found this really, I felt this really intense energy that was not good. And I set up real quick, and it was frightening. And, and I just set up, and I just immediately said, I call upon the divine presence of love, light. You're not welcome here. I ask you to leave now. And I, ne- I didn't, I didn't sleep that night, but I've never experienced it again. So I think if something comes to us, an energy comes to us that is uninvited, that we just simply, from our divine who, knowing of who we are, we just say, "You're not welcome here." How? That's, what would that's you, really what good. Would you, what would you do with that? How would you handle that? I, the same way, you know. I would ask. I mean, if I if I sensed the the the, the dissonance, I would I just say you have to go now, um, yeah. and I would also call on my team. Um, but that doesn't really happen. I've got I've got the frequency in my house that, like Lavendar said, it's a lockdown. That there's nothing in here that isn't by choice and design. But, exactly. Um, you know, yeah, that's, that's uh, what I'm saying. You know, yeah. one of the I'm, things I'm kind of thinking is, about, you know, the, the, the audience at large and things that might be helpful, um, you know, for course. them as far as your, your, well, it, your it's tools. Import, it's important, and the, my team says, each and every morning when you arise and awaken, say to yourself, I am fully embodied. I'm anchored to this planet. I'm always connected to divine source. Because what they're doing is you're inviting an aspect of your divine consciousness 
to be, or your star consciousness, to be in partnership with your physical consciousness. And then you're anchoring it to the electromagnetic and geomagnetic field of this particular planet. And when you make that statement, you are your divine self in your physical form. And you're unlimited. You're yeah, I love that. Beyond, you're powerful beyond I love that. measure. And I have to tell you that um, you said that um, the, the last time you were here, and since then, when I wake up and I'm stretching, it's like, I am fully embodied. I am the full embodiment of my higher self. I, I learned it from you, so thank you for that. It, oh, but um, it's, it's so simple, and it really is quite profound. It is. It is very profound, very powerful. And when you're connected so, from the listeners, when you begin to connect with that higher aspect of yourself, you start getting guidance directly from that aspect to your... You see, our physical body is designed to survive. And and our consciousness likes to run the show. But the thing is, we're meant to be partners with our higher self and not just our physical self. That's, I think, where we do the best work. That's where we do our transformational work. Because, see, it's the mental consciousness that understands limitation. Divine consciousness does not does not address limit. It's unlimited. Right. It's it's what we've been trained of in course. the third dimension. We've been trained yeah. and spoon fed and um, programmed. And as soon as you realize that that's it's just all illusion, exactly. you can you can break through it. <laughs> break through it. I was picturing while you were talking. I was picturing like a like a, a, a mainframe computer with terminals all over the place, all connected, all connected to one common source. And if, and if that short circuits, you get cut off. I mean, <laughs> that's how most people live, not knowing yes. that they've even right. been cut off. And they're just, you know, kind of uh, um, feeling isolated and abandoned. And it's, it's, it's just an illusion. Well, you know, it, this, this opens up the team will always say to the anyone they do the first session with is everyone on the planet is a multidimensional divine being but as divine beings when we embody we're empathic and so we match the energy field of this planet which is unconscious limitation so we match the very field we're in and often you know some of the 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 religious um, uh, books talk about the veil of forgetfulness. The minute we embody, we match this limited, this field of limitation, this unconscious field. And the whole goal is to wake up, to recognize, ah, that is just an energy that we do not have to... Uh, uh, be a part of we can we can be awake and and address that field in a different way right but that well, to me made you know, it, made it, <laughs> it, it when when i heard that and i thought that's why people a lot of people get so caught up in this reality 
that they can't see anything different. I've always, and I'm sure most of the listeners, have always felt different. <laughs> I've always right. been on the fringes, right. the outer, outer, because I could see, I could see things weren't true. I remember asking somebody uh, when I was growing up, I was, I was raised Pentecostal. So, I mean, that's a pretty intense religious belief. And I remember asking somebody, I don't think that God is mean. I don't think he punishes people with mean, being in a mean way. But their religion was, if you do something wrong, you're going to be punished. And here I was, uh, I mean, I was probably not even in school. So I know a lot of your listeners have have been able to recognize uh, that they see things or they're aware of things that a lot of people around them don't. Right, right, because they're in various stages of awakening and and seeing greater and higher truth. Exactly. And programs like you're offering and the work that Lavendar does and other individuals do, it's so important and powerful because we all need to be reminded of who we are. It's so easy to drop into that that unconscious field. (laughs) I mean, it It really is. is. It is. It, it's demanding. Our our physical reality is demanding. And it's easy to drop into that limiting field. And programs like you're offering and the work that you're doing, I think it's, it's just so important because it reminds people, wait a minute, I have a physical body and a physical life, and I am this divine being experiencing that. It's so important for people to to realize, and I, like as you said, our audience already knows that. But mm-hmm. helping others, helping others, you know, because I mean, if you get, uh, uh, well, they call it the hundred monkey thing. If you get enough people doing one thing, then everybody's going to do it, There's whether it's good for them or not. Yeah, yeah. So you know, the more people that are shifting and and um, raising their frequency just by the sheer numbers and the movement of that energy, you pull people along with you, just like they could pull you over to that side if you wanted to go you know, down into unconscious limitation. Or if enough of us unite, we can help. Because what, like you said before, what we do affects everybody, affects everything. And if oh, we empower yeah. ourselves, if we empower others, we are empowering ourselves. Uh, it's true, and one of the things I think that's happening on the planet, and that my team celebrates it, is a lot of suppressed emotion that people didn't know how to express has been triggered. And the team says it's no longer hidden. It can now be healed because it's brought to the surface. Right. It's so, very important, even if it's not pleasant to go through it's, yeah. it's a very important process. Yes. Yeah. And so everybody looks out and goes, oh, these things are so terrible. But in, in, in the process of our, our evolution of our planet, you know, the, the, the raising up of consciousness, this hundred monkey, is those that have suppressed rage and anger and prejudice and all of the negative qualities, that's, that's coming up to be to be transformed. 
Right. Well, you can't transform it if you're not aware of it. Exactly. One of the processes. Yeah. One of the processes that we can all do is simply remember: I'm a divine being in physical form. I call upon divine beings to uh, witness and support me as I transform some of this uh, this this violence, and then express the violence in sound, clear it and replace it with healing or forgiveness or calmness and call that quality in. Then you're doing global work without having to feel it through your body. Gosh. Well, you're going to have to come back, Peggy, because, I mean, we still <laughs> we still haven't tapped into, a, you know, a, a thimbleful of what you know, I'm sure, but we're running out of time, so um, we <laughs> <we're> definitely <laughs> we definitely want you to come back, and uh, I think you'll probably end up being a regular here. So I would, we'll look forward I would to be that. so I would be so honored. It would be it would be uh, it would be a true honor to be able to participate. I I love this show. I love the work you're offering, and if I can be uh, assist in any way, it would be a great joy. Well, we love that. So just um, in, in uh, wrapping up here, I want to repeat, your two websites are morningmessages.com and peggyblack.com. You have a wealth of tools, um, CDs, videos, processes, <laughs> plus you do your sessions, you've got your team, you've got books and cards. and um, I mean, just go to those websites now, the Morning Messages uh, I think that's like every three days you publish a message from your team. Every three days, uh, when people sign up on morning messages, it's already queued in, so they they'll get the these eighty eight messages, and they get one every third day, and then once a month they get a newsletter from me with a new transmission. Uh, okay, but the morning cool. messages, there's just eighty eight free messages that they'll get over the course of time, and then once a month they get a new transmission. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. So everyone check that out and uh, take advantage of everything that Peggy has to offer because, I mean, you're on the beam. You are the real deal, and we just love you. So thank you so much for spending <laughs> your time with oh, us. It's it's a pleasure. I was delighted when Lavendar got in touch with me. Uh, because I had actually said to my team, I would really like to do that again, and it was just a delight when, when I did, you did reach out. So thank you so very much. You're so welcome, Peggy, and um, giving you a big hug and thank you so much. Have a wonderful holiday, joy, and comfort, and um, we will be back um, next week for our Christmas show, and then uh, then we'll be off for two weeks. So. Um, Next week, we'll have Gloria Amendola bringing up messages from Mary Magdalene. And that is always so wonderful right before Christmas. Um, so, Peggy, thank you so much for being on the planet. Thank you, and blessings to everyone. Thank you for this opportunity. You're so welcome. <laughs> Bye -bye. Good night. And that's it for us here at Starseed Radio Academy. Have a great week. And we'll be back next week for our big Christmas show, and we'll see you then. Good night, everyone.
been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com.